And also, please, if you've got a Bible there, turn to Jonah, chapter 1, and from verse 17. So it's Jonah chapter 1 from verse 17, and then onwards to chapter 2, verse 10. And we'll begin tonight with just a, a straightforward question. A very simple, straightforward question for us to consider just now. Do we, do you desire spiritual renewal in your heart in 2014? Really? You know, as we go into the new year... Do we, do you sincerely want a sort of an improvement in your relationship with Jesus Christ? Is that really a, a priority? Do you want to see a sort of um, deepening of your love for Christ, a deepening of your reliance upon God? Do you really want that in the coming year? Do you? Well, if so, I think there's much in our passage of scripture that we're considering tonight. There's much here in Jonah, in this section of Jonah, that can, that can help with that. But perhaps we're, we're getting ahead of ourselves because it's been a couple of weeks, hasn't it? Maybe two, three weeks, maybe even more than that since we've looked together in, in, to the book of Jonah. So it'd probably be wise just now just to have a very, very quick uh, overview of uh, what we've seen so far in the book of Jonah. So what have we seen in in Jonah chapter 1? Well, if you were here a few weeks ago, I'm sure you'll remember that the book of Jonah opens with the word of God coming to uh, the prophet Jonah. God's word comes to Jonah and God commands Jonah, he tells Jonah to go away to the city of Nineveh and to preach against it, to preach to the people of Nineveh. You remember that? Yes? Yes. Okay, good. Well, if you do, you'll also remember that when Jonah heard this message from God, what happened? Well, to put it bluntly, he bottled it, didn't he? I mean, Jonah freaked out and he heard from God, but he ran off in the opposite direction as fast as he could, away from God, down to Joppa, and he boarded the ship bound for Tarshish. And then, of course, you remember that God didn't let it lie. Jonah rebelled, but God pursued Jonah. And he caused this storm, a storm that disturbed the ship, And a storm that ultimately saw Jonah being cast overboard into the water, into the the ocean, because of his sin and his wickedness. So that's where we've got to, isn't it? That's where we are in the story so far. Okay, fine. What about tonight? What do we see here in this new section of the book? Well, I suggest let's uh, notice a few things together. Let's consider firstly that we see here despairing prayer. That's our first point, our first heading. We see here despairing prayer. Okay, for the most part, what we've got in 
chapter 2 is the situation of Jonah sitting in the belly of this fish or this whale. And the Hebrews, the Hebrew words kind of ambiguous about what sort of fish that uh, we are dealing with here. But try and picture it. Jonah is sitting in the belly of this fish. And the key thing is that he is sitting there and he is reflecting on what has just happened to him. Okay? Sitting, reflecting on what's just happened to him. So what was that? What's just happened to Jonah here? Well, when I was um, much, much younger... I don't know how old I was, maybe 12 or 13 years old. I went on holiday with an orchestra. And we're going around Europe and they're playing in different locations right throughout Europe. And one, on one of our days off, uh, we went to one of these, uh, these huge big water parks uh, somewhere in Germany. You know, one of these sort of all singing and dancing water parks. And I remember what happened there. I remember it to the day I die. I remember it so vividly. Because I was in this water park, in this huge big swimming pool. And one of these swimming pools that had a wave generator. And then they switched on that wave generator. I was small, you know, just a wee boy. And the wave, first wave it came and it hit me. And what happened was that it pushed me downward. And it pushed me into the water. And I remember that sensation of me falling backwards. I was helpless. And I couldn't reach the bottom at all. It was too deep. And I was just falling. And I was falling. And my friend just happened to be there. And he sort of dived in, reached down, picked me up. And took me out of the water. Now, it's that. But to the nth degree that Jonah has just experienced here, isn't it? You see, picture it. He's on the ship with these sailors and they have thrown him into the ocean. And now what's happening? Do you see it? He's, he, he's falling. I mean, picture it. He's, he's falling and, and falling backwards into the water. He's, he's falling down into the depths, we're told. We're told that he's falling into the, to the very heart of the ocean. He's falling. And indeed, you see, that idea of falling is a major theme of the first couple of chapters of Jonah. You see, Jonah has rebelled against God and because of that, he keeps falling away from him. Look, he rebels against God. So what we told, he goes down to Joppa. Right? Then what are we told? He's rebelled against God. He goes down to Joppa. Then he, the the word of him going aboard the ship is the same word. He goes down to Joppa. Then he goes down aboard a ship. Then what are we told? Well, he goes down further into the lower decks of the ship. And now what has happened? Well, now he's been cast overboard in the ocean. And he's gone further. And he's gone further. And he's falling. And he's falling. And he's... He's in despair as he falls and he's falling and he fears, he fears death, he fears abandonment by God. He falls. And is that, friends, not how it is when 
we as Christians turn and run away from God. Is that not what it's like? Is that not how it is when we are not living as we should as Christians, when we're not living openly as Christians, when we're not living obediently as Christians? It is, isn't it? When we stray from God, when we reject God, when we rebel against God, there's there's that sense of guilt that comes, isn't there? You know, when we rebel against them, there's that sense of disease. There's that sense that we're falling and the world is pouring over us. There's that sense that we're, we're falling away from God and the, 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 the sin of the world, the weeds of sin, they entangle us and they pour us down. Is that not what it feels like? And perhaps is that how it, how it feels for you tonight? Have you been straying from God? Have you? Have you been falling? Are you falling? Well, if so, please consider what Jonah does next. Do you see it? So he's falling. He's falling into the water. And he's despairing. But look at verse 2. It says, verse 2, it says, In my distress, I called to the Lord. Then in verse 7, he says, You know, when my life was just ebbing away, I remembered you. Lord. So you see it, don't you? Jonah rebelled. He despaired. But then what did he do? He prayed. He prayed. And I, I guess there's a kind of sense of at last Jonah prayed here, isn't there? Now finally the guy gets right to what he should have been doing. Because let's face it, he should have prayed when the word of God first came to him. Right? And he should have prayed. You know when he had that temptation to reject what he should have been doing as a Christian? He should have prayed then too. And when he was aboard that ship bound for Tarshish, he should have been on his knees and he's pray- he should have been praying and he didn't. But now, because of this despair, because of all this falling, and after such a long gap, at last, finally... The guy gets round to it. Finally, Jonah cries out to God in prayer. And I say this to you tonight. If you are in a similar situation, please see that it's not too late to pray. It's not too late to pray tonight. If you are in that situation that you are running from God... If you are maybe in despair, if like Jonah has been an awful long time since you were down on your knees intimately, personally praying to God, it is not too late to pray. And let's face it, the new year, this is supposed to be a time of change, isn't it? What better opportunity do we have to sort of draw a line under the way that we've been living And call out once again to God in prayer. So we see here firstly with Jonah that there was despairing prayer. Despairing prayer. Okay. 
we get the situation that Jonah's in the belly of this fish and he's he's reflecting, he's looking back on this desperate plight. And uh, he's looking back on the fact that because of this desperate plight, he has prayed to God. But, but let's consider, secondly, what, what happens as a result of Jonah's actions here. So, so the first point is we, we saw despairing prayer. The second point that we should consider here is that we see answered prayer. Okay, despairing prayer. But then answered prayer. And I think there are here two, what would we say about them? Two elementary but essential things that we see here that, that, that should stimulate our prayer lives as Christians in 2014, okay? So let's consider two elementary but essential things that should really stimul- stimulate you and I to, to pray this coming year. And, and the first of those is the very fact that God God heard Jonah's prayer. God heard Jonah's prayer. Now, um, I realise that, that, that pretty soon I am going <laughs> to have to stop using my daughter Ellie Rose uh, in sermon illustrations. Because she's going to get older, isn't she? And she's going to start resenting that from her dad. But uh, for the time being, what she doesn't know um, won't hurt her, I don't suppose. So, this week... Um, my daughter Ellie Rose was running through the house as fast as she could just as I was coming down the stairs. And so I witnessed uh, as she ran and she tripped as a two-year-old tends to do and she lands smack bang on her face. And uh, there was total silence. And I thought that uh, that silence can really only mean one of two things. One, it could have meant that Ellie Rose has knocked herself clean unconscious, which thankfully was not the case. Or uh, it could have meant that there was that silence that toddlers have when they are just about to erupt in hysterical crying. And that was exactly uh, what it was. Ellie Rose started to fall and smack her face and then started bawling her eyes out. And so what I did was I went over to her and I sat with her and listened to her. She told me about where it was sore and, and, you know, the usual things, where she was running to. Now, what sort of dad would you think I was if I had simply ignored Ellie Rose? You know? What would you think of me if I got to the bottom of the stairs and I just walked past her as she's screaming in agony? And I just walked past her and I went into another room and I, I closed the door. What, what would you think of me? Well, how much more so should we see, surely, that the love and the attentiveness that our Heavenly Father shows towards His crying children. I mean, it's basic. I know it's basic. But how often is it that we forget that God, He listens to us. That God listens to our prayers. 
that he, he's there and he is listening to our cries. And, and, and that is exactly what we've got here in Jonah chapter 2, isn't it? Look, verse 2, Jonah's in distress and he prays to God. What are we told? The end of the verse, he prays to God and he almost can't believe it. He says, and you listened. You listened to my cry. Verse 7, it's the same thing. He's despairing this child of God. He's despairing and he prays. And what happens to his prayer in verse 7? His prayer rose. Where did it rise to? It rises to God in glory. Now, I tell you, should that not motivate us to renew our uh, prayer lives in 2014? God is listening. You know, when, when you sit at home and you're praying, God's listening. When we meet up there before the services, you know, when we meet on a Thursday night in the vestry there, what is happening? God is there. God is there. God is hearing. God is cupping his hand over his ear. And he's listening to his people. Now, should that not? Does that not? Must that not drive us to pray more as a congregation in 2014? It must. You see, there has never been a sincere prayer uttered by a child of God that our Heavenly Father has not heard. He's listening. He listens to our prayers. It's a miracle in itself that God heard Jonah. But okay, you might say that's not enough. It's not enough to motivate me to, to pray. Well, okay, if it's not, let's look at the second motivation. What is the second motivation to pray here? Because you know where, I guess you know where we're going to go with don't you? Because you, you see, God doesn't just listen to Jonah's cry. What happens is he sees his child in distress and he answers Jonah as well. See, verse 2 again, he says, In my distress I call to the Lord. And we see it, he heard that prayer, but what else? In my distress I call to the Lord and he answered me verse 6 what happened Jonah prayed and God brought my life up from the pit God hears and he answers prayer and I tell you this I think if we just understood that simple thing if we just saw that then it's going to change things about this congregation if we would just simply see that God answers prayer, if we would just understand and see that prayer works, prayer works, then that is going to change everything about our, our prayer lives. It's going to bring that spiritual renewal to our hearts in 2014. God answers prayer. I mean, just consider what he does for Jonah. Jonah, this rebel, prays. And God answers the prayer in the most incredible way. This child cries out to God in prayer. God works a miracle. 
This God who's caused the storm, who's calmed the storm, because of this prayer, he speaks to a fish. And the fish swallows Jonah. It's power. And it's power through answered prayer. Friends, if we're despairing tonight, like Jonah was, we must pray. Because God hears and answers. But as a congregation going into the new year and faced with this passage of scripture about the power of God, we seek God. We must pray. Because God hears us and he answers our prayer. We see that there is despairing prayer. But secondly, very clearly, there is the miracle of answered prayer. Okay. So we've seen that because of this rebellion, uh, this rejection of God, that Jonah's, Jonah's in this precarious uh, situation. And we see that because of that, he has prayed. We've seen that that God has answered that prayer, that he sent this fish, this whale, to rescue Jonah from death. I want to conclude just with a third thing. Because we also see here that there is grateful prayer. Grateful prayer. Now, a while ago, I was listening to a, a minister up north. I won't tell you where. Um, and in his sermon, uh, he posed what I thought was quite an interesting question. He said, and I may have mentioned this already before, but he asked, if you were on Twitter, okay, and you wanted to send a tweet of the essential characteristics of the gospel. What would you say? Okay, a tweet. It's a short message. The essential characteristics of the gospel. What, what would you tweet? Now you've got, I don't know. I was thinking about this earlier on. I should have looked it up. I don't know how many characters you've got in a tweet. But let's say 90. Okay, it's a guess. So you've got 90 characters. And you're trying to communicate the gospel, the essential characteristics of the gospel. What would you say? I think it's a good exercise, isn't it? Well, I spoke to my dad about this, and I sort of, you know, because he got me thinking, so I asked my dad what, what he thought about it. And he, his initial response was he sort of fired back at me one of the verses that we've got in front of us here in Jonah chapter 2 because he said that if he was going to tweet that he would begin his tweet with verse 9 or part of verse 9 he would begin the tweet salvation comes from the Lord salvation comes from the Lord and it's a good idea isn't it I mean what a great phrase what a great expression it's a great expression But what is its context here in Jonah chapter 2? Well, we get the idea that Jonah's in the belly of the fish and he's looking back at what's just happened to him. But I tell you this, there's a theme here. There's a theme all the way through. There's a theme that dominates Jonah chapter 2. 
And it is the theme of gratitude. All the way through this chapter, what dominates it is this motif, if you like, of Jonah's thankfulness, of his, of his gratitude to God. You see, what you've got here, this prayer that Jonah offers, is actually, it's actually in the form of a psalm. I mean, technically speaking, um, this prayer in, in chapter 2 is, is what is called a psalm of thanksgiving. Chapter 2 has got all the sort of necessary elements of a psalm of thanksgiving. Now, okay, ask yourself, what exactly, exactly is it that Jonah is, is thankful for? What's, what's Jonah thankful for? Now you're going to say, well, he's just been delivered from death, so it's kind of obvious, isn't it? But I think there's more to it than that, isn't there? You see, Jonah's praying this, this, this psalm of thankfulness, not just because of his deliverance. Get this, Jonah is praying the psalm of thankfulness because that deliverance that he has just received is a deliverance that is holy and absolutely unmerited. It is an unmerited deliverance. You see, he, he he's grateful because Jonah could see that he didn't deserve to be saved. Chapter 1, verse, verse 12. You've got Jonah realizing that he is the one that's caused the storm. Chapter 1 verse 12, he realizes it says it's his sin. It's his wickedness that's, that's caused that storm. Then, then you see in chapter 2 verse 3 that, it's, that Jonah realizes actually it's not really the sailors. It's actually God that's thrown him into the water. See, verse 3, he he sees you, God, you, it's you that's hurled me into the sea. Here's a man that realizes that this perilous, horrible situation that he's in is all because of his own sin and wickedness. He sees that he did not deserve to be saved. And therefore, because of that, We're just going to close with this last thought. The theme, the motif, if you like, of our lives as Christians this year, it must be the theme of gratitude. We should be grateful. Why? Because like Jonah We've been shown grace, haven't we? I mean, we were were the people who rejected God. We were like Jonah. We rebelled against God. I mean, we were plunging because of our sin. We were falling to this impending, imminent, eternal death. Yet God has answered our prayers. What has God done? God has sent his own son into the belly of death. To the belly of darkness for three days and three nights. And yet he has emerged again 
winning salvation for his people, his undeserving people. Friends, we should be um, grateful tonight simply because we do not deserve our salvation. We do not deserve our salvation. We should be grateful in 2014 for the truth that salvation is from the Lord. Let's pray.